0: Welcome to the Life Church. We are so excited that you've tuned into our program to listen to a wonderful message. On behalf of Pastor Walt Landers, our senior pastor, we just want to say thank you. Our mission here at the Life Church is to connect people with God's purpose. If you don't already have a church home, we want to invite you to join us at 3301 TLC Way. Now let's prepare our hearts to receive a word from God through this morning's message.
1: Well, I'm going to talk to you today, kind of, kind of a different type of word that. that... That God kind of showed me. It's you know we're in that time of year where uh, it's Thanksgiving week. It's kind of hard to believe we're already at that point. And uh, so I'm not going to give you a traditional Thanksgiving message so you can high five your neighbor and say it's going to be okay. Uh, but what I am going to do is stir your faith today to realize that as you give thanks to God, come on, it opens miracle doors in your life. And and I've really seen this and discovered this in my own life. And Jesus kind of set the example for it. Uh, you know, and I realized, you know, through, through the last four or five years, God's really turned me on to a different mindset. You know, when I was younger, I thought everything was about push and drive and faith and, and getting the results. And God's really changed my perspective where my life is really more about intimacy with Jesus. And uh, my wife and I were out, we weren't really Christmas shopping, but we've already set up our house. So I'm not trying to make you guys feel bad, you men in the house, but we're already set up for Thanksgiving and Christmas. And so I got a leg up on you there. And so uh, th- th- that's what I do these days. And so Kelly and I were out and, and getting stuff together for Christmas and, and, you know, just wanted to kind of change the atmosphere a little bit. So, so we're just looking at different decorations and things for Thanksgiving and that kind of thing. And I'm looking at this picture in, the, in one of the aisles and, uh, and it caught my attention. I showed my wife and, and I won't tell you what the picture is, but I will tell you that it made me cry and so i looked at this picture and my wife says you're not crying are you and not to mention that i was at uh michael's the store michael's and so i go to i go to michael's hobby lobby that's where i spend my days used to be in bars now it's in hobby lobby and and michael's and so we're in there having a good uh, having a good time going through this stuff but i realized come on my life used to be living faith to faith to faith to faith thing to thing to thing driving and going and God's touched my life in such an interesting way over the last four or five years where now it's about intimacy with him and not what I can do, come on somebody, but what he can do through me. And, and it changed the whole pace of just living for me. I don't care if I'm right. I don't care if I'm wrong. I don't, you know, and None of that matters to me anymore. What does matter is that that God has power, and through his power and miracles, Amber just did a great job of talking about it. He has the ability to come into any situation, any time, any place and stir things up no matter where, you're at, where you are in life, and he could turn things around. And so in John chapter uh, 6, I'm not going to read all of this, but Jesus is out. He's been doing miracles. He's with his team, his disciples. And uh, he looks up. Jesus takes his team up on the hill there, or the mountain, and he's sitting down with them. Looks up And, fi- and he looks up, and there's about 5,000 people that had followed him out there. How many would say that's a lot of people? And so he's got a team of 12, he's got 5,000 people, and Jesus looks at this scenario and he, and he tests his guys, the Bible says, in John chapter 6, and he said, he said how are we going to get enough food to feed all these people? And so one of them looks at him and says, hey, I'm going to talk slang to you. He says, we got about 200 bucks to make this happen. Uh, uh, you know, I don't think this is going to work. And so uh, another disciple runs out into the crowd and he finds a boy that has uh, five loaves of bread and two fish. And so he makes a statement in this in John chapter 6. I want you to get a hold of this. See the picture. There's 5,000. There's Jesus who believes. There's Jesus who knows something can happen. There's 12 who are confused. There's 5,000 who are hungry. It's not, they weren't all praising the Lord and all walking by faith. At that time, Jesus was the only one that understood the situation. The disciples were in training. They, they were learning. They weren't quite there yet. They weren't, you know, and I want you to see this from a real human mentality As we get into this. And so in John chapter 6, verse uh, um, 9, it says, There's a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? But what are they among so many? You know, in the natural, that really does make sense. If you have 5,000 people and only five loaves of bread and two fish, I don't think everybody's gonna get fed. Come on, don't come to my house, you're gonna leave hungry, right? But they find this boy, and in the hands of the boy, five fish. I mean, five loaves and two fish. First service, I said fishes, and my wife got on to me and said, that's not a word. So five loaves, two fish. And so in that scenario, God has the ability to take what seems uh, simply natural and and turn it into something bigger. And so when Jesus is meeting with these guys, he's setting an example for those guys for their future on how, how he operates. Are you with me here this morning? And so, he's, he, so Jesus gets to a point, explains it to the disciples, this is, you know, I need the, give me the fish, uh, give me the bread, here's what I'm about to do, and Jesus had a mindset that was a little bit different. Remember, he's the only one in that point who, who knew what was going to happen. He's the only one at that point who really believed, and so the people were following the signs and wonders and miracles, the disciples jumped on the train, and were learning as they go, Jesus is about to demonstrate something that I believe translates into our lives here today. And so they have a normal mindset, a natural mindset that says, we don't have enough, something's missing. They say the boy has five five loaves, two fish, but what is that among so many? And I think that's a natural tendency in our own life sometimes to look at situations and say, this isn't enough. How are we going to make it through Christmas? How are we going to make it through Thanksgiving? How are we going to pay child support? How are we going to do, you know, when you're really looking over the spectrum of life, a lot of times it's easy to look at what you think you don't have Instead of looking uh, uh, into an atmosphere of faith. That doesn't mean anyone's uh, wrong in that scenario. It means you're human if you think that way. But the good thing is that we're not limited by just being human. Right? We're not limited by that. And so in John chapter 6, Jesus takes the bread. Verse 11, it says, Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples. But I want you to pay attention to uh, an powerful truth here. You know, we're going into Thanksgiving this week and, and it's not just about turkeys. Come on, somebody. Even though some of you are turkeys, right? It's, a, it's about understanding. And so Jesus, it says that he gave thanks. In that moment, it wasn't the general thanks. If somebody pulled a chair over for, at the restaurant and you sit down and say, hey, thank you. That wasn't what he was talking about. Jesus was demonstrating something right here that you can carry into your real life. And it says that he, after he gave thanks or had given thanks... Which means that not only did he remember how big his God was, he, it, it, this is the powerful part of this. He gave thanks in that moment, invited God to be a part of what they were doing. He invited his heavenly father to be a part of that moment. They needed to feed 5,000 people. They didn't have enough money. They had how many pieces of uh, uh, loaves of bread? Five. They had two fish. Now I'm smart enough to know, come on, that ain't enough. And so he looks at this scenario, and Jesus takes, the, takes a moment and says, God, I invite you. I thank you. I invite you to be a part of this moment. And even though these people need to be fed, and, and even though my 12 are learning and don't quite understand, and, and, and they don't actually probably believe at this point, He cries out to his heavenly father and invites him to be a part of that moment. Listen to me, church. A real man isn't a man that walks through life thinking he knows everything. And a real man isn't a man that walks through life thinking he's got it all figured out. A real man is a man that understands how good and how powerful and how loving, come on, his heavenly father is. And invites him to be a part of the process. And that's the way it is for us. It's the way it is in our families, right? And so he's looking at this scenario. He takes the loaves. And he distributes them. So I got to looking at this this week, and, and I kind of got excited about it. And, what, and what I, the question that kind of came to my mind is, what is it about giving thanks that opens up so many doors for us in life? What is it about that type of giving thanks? I'm not talking about the generic sense of thank you. I'm talking about that moment where my heart is open. Come on. I talk about the beauty of God. My heart is so open and filled and, and sees how powerful God is that I just want, I want him invited into what I'm doing. And so as we ask that question and start, start looking at it, you know, in that context of, of, of why, why does this element where Jesus sets this example, why does it open so many doors? And how many of you today want some doors open in your life? And so, so I think we all do. And so God kind of gave me just a few thoughts here this morning to share with you. And I kind of I want you to get a hold of this. But my first thought in that is it reminds us that we're not facing life alone. We're not facing life alone. God, God, God never intended, come on somebody, for his people to be loners or to be alone or to feel alone. I was reading a, a statistic this last week, and it's a you know, general statistic. But between Generation Z, the Millennials, and Generation X, over, it says that over 45% of all three of those generations feel lonely or feel like they don't have anybody at times. And so in our society... There's an epidemic of loneliness where people don't feel connected. You know, Pastor's Heart here at the Live Church, we, we're connecting people with God's purpose. So, so our heart is to see that people are connected. Jesus just didn't look at this, the situation with the 5,000, the 12, and himself and say, hey, I'm going to be the big dog here, and I'm just going to do it by faith, and, and I'm going to perform this miracle by myself. He looked at the need of the 5,000. He looked at the hunger of 12 and their ability to learn. And realized, I don't want to do this alone. Come on, somebody. So I'm going to meet the need of the 5,000, and I'm going to train these 12 on how to do this. And at that point, at that point in time, Jesus, Jesus immediately made a way to get them involved. And, and so we'll talk more about that in a minute. But he never intended for us to do life alone. The Bible says uh, that he's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. How many of you have brothers or sisters? Or that's, that's a unique statement. He's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. And, you know, I've I, 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 I been kind of going to look at that here recently and, you know, I have a, a friend of mine, that you know, in my life throughout the last 20 to probably 25 years uh, named Walt Harris. And, and through this point in time, he, this guy is always stuck by me. And he's always encouraged me. When I do the wrong things, he would encourage me to do the right things. And, and, and even if I was wrong, he never forsook me, he always stayed embraced and stayed connected and would walk me through different processes and times, you know. And, and so he said a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And so, I mean, through 20-something years has always been that, been that friend in my life, uh, 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 you know, just through guidance and through friendship and listening and that kind of thing. How many of you know we need some friends in our life? And and the Bible says that Jesus is the friend that sticks closer than a brother. And so as much as that friendship has made a difference in my life, come on, somebody, Jesus is there. We're never alone. Deuteronomy teaches, it says, it says, do not be discouraged and do do not be dismayed. And then if you read further on, it says that God will never leave us or, no, or, or forsake us. Maybe you're here today and you've, you're going through a, a broken time or you're going through something that's very difficult and, and or you know people that are and you're, you're at that point in your life you know, where you're, where you're staring at the walls at night. You know that kind of hurt and that kind of place I'm talking about where you feel like I have nobody. I have nobody I could confide in. I have nobody to talk to. I have hurts and things happening in my life. But I have good news for you today. Come on, somebody. When you give thanks to God, you're inviting God to be a part of that solution in your life, and you're no longer lonely at that point. Amen? So it's an invitation. It's an invitation, call up on the one, the greatest help of all time. Come on, Jesus. And so we, it, we're reminded. The Bible says it's life, it's, it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. And, you know, Pastor Lane and I were talking a, a couple weeks ago, or, uh, and I, had, I just had this thought that, that, that our, our testimony is not all the bad things that we've done because the reality is all of us in here have done some bad stuff. We could come up here and have us all confess. I think our ears would explode, right? You know what I'm saying? You know, we, we, we wear the pretty clothes and the, that kind of stuff. But we know down deep, we've been through some stuff. Am I the only one? Huh? And so, looking at the scenario, looking at, this, looking at that is, is, is you now, Pastor Lane and I was, were talking about it. And I said, I said our, my testimony is not all the bad stuff I've done. Our testimony is that we overcame the bad stuff because who lives in us. Revelation says they overcame because of the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. The word of our testimony is that we overcame because of the blood of the Lamb, which is Jesus living on the inside of us. So no matter what, you know what I'm saying? It's not the bad things that we, that we focus on. We focus on what we overcame. And then you take what you overcame, and then you find somebody who's going through it. You teach them to overcome it. Before long, come on, you got a bunch of overcomers sitting in the house. Right? It's good. Number two, it reminds us that what's in our hands is a start and not the finish line. It reminds us that what's in our hands is a start and not the finish line. And, and giving thanks, that's, that's why Jesus viewed this. He didn't view it. You know, a lot of them were probably thinking, My, you know, we're not going to be able to feed all these people. They're going to get hungry and eat us. That's not, uh, you know, they really could have looked at it that way. But Jesus saw this as a start and not the finish line. Uh, I've learned this over the years that what's in your hands today, come on, is an opportunity. What's in your hands today is an opportunity to, t- to, to begin something, to start fresh, to start new, and take whatever it is, come on, and make something happen with it, and then make an impact. There are people sitting in our church that are here that started businesses years ago or families years ago, went through a lot of stuff along the way, but they didn't fall away. Come on. They took what was in their hands and began to, and to, begin to operate and look at it. And so one of the disciples makes the statement and says, hey, there's a young boy here who's got five loaves and two fish. But what is that among so many? Jesus says, give me the five loaves. Give me the two fish. I see a start. I see something fresh. I see something that we can take and do something with. And so whatever phase you're at here in life today, I'm telling you, don't view yourself in limitation. Don't view yourself as as not having enough. That mindset's a selfish thought. Can Can I help you here today? It's a selfish thought that makes it all about you. What I've learned is when we get rid of the all about me syndrome, right, or the all about you syndrome, and we throw that down, and we open our hearts to say, "Hey, it ain't all about me. This is a start. We can do something with this." You know, when I was eighteen, I was getting ready to go on a uh, to play college football, and I had a scholarship, and was you know kind of excited about it, and and started doing some ministry stuff, and and I went into this this job at M. L. Eddie's finishing boots, and uh, God had kind of spoke to me during that time, decided not to go to college, I was going to go into ministry, and and my dad. Finally called and said, hey, I'm going to put you in a full-time ministry. I was like, come on, let's rock and roll. Here we go. I'm 18 years old. I got something to say. Throw me in the middle of this deal. And so he says, be at work 8 o'clock Monday morning. And my dad was an 8 to 5 dot on dot kind of guy. And so I get to work, and so I got my bag, my preacher bag. I'm 18. I'm going to be full-time ministry. And so I walk in the door, and dad says, you can take that bag and that Bible and all that and put it over here. That That goes over here. Are you with me here? And he said, I got your, this your main job. This is your main job. And he handed me a toilet bowl cleaner. And he handed me a dill of acid. Not the kind you, no, you know what I mean. And so I thought, this isn't what I'm talking about. I could have walked out at that moment, right? But it's not, it, it wasn't a finish line, it was a start. And so he said, this is your job. He said, I want this thing shining. And I was like, I cannot stand you at this moment. (laughs) But this is my door of opportunity. It's my starting line, not my finish line. And I'm going to embrace this. And so I said, okay. And so I was telling my wife uh, a while back about that. And we were having some toilet issues at the house. And uh, you know how those toilets will change colors and and that kind of thing. And so I I was telling her, I said, i got to tell you something. I said, I'm pretty good at cleaning toilets. And she goes, really? I should have never told her that, by the way. Now it's my job again. Uh, but through the, through the process, I was like, yeah, because I got so good at cleaning toilets, and I started to like it. And so now I charge 25 bucks a toilet if anybody wants to hire me during the week. But you know, going through that process, I didn't view it as a finish line. Come on, somebody. I viewed I viewed it as my start. And six years later, I was a senior pastor in Lockhart, Texas. And so don't tell me, come on, that today doesn't matter. What's in your hands today determines where you're headed. Husbands, your family, come on, your wife, your kids, where you're at today, come on, it's a blessing in your hands. Do something with it. Take a stand. Make an impact. Ladies, come on, lift that man up to a place where he sees the value in himself. Are you with me here today? I don't care if you've got to tell him how good he buttons his shirt. Find a way. <laughs> or look at him and say, is that a new muscle? you'll clean your toilet all day long, I promise you. But seriously, that moment made a difference. And so I've kind of taken that perspective in life. Jesus viewed this moment. It was a moment, not as a finish line. It was a moment to include the 12 and to train them and for the, for the 5,000 to have a need met. He didn't view it as a finish line. The disciples in this point, listen to me, they were human. They didn't understand what Jesus was trying to accomplish. They really didn't. They knew they they were on a journey with someone that was powerful. They knew that they had seen signs, wonders, and miracles. They knew they had been invited, but they didn't have it all figured out. That's why when Jesus tested them, the Bible says that in John, how are we going to feed all these people? Uh, It said Jesus did that as a test to see where they were at. What I love about Jesus is, though, he didn't just cast them away because they didn't have the right answer. He walked through life with them. He he embraced that moment. Amen? And so realize that there's times, you know, Brandon Barr and I were talking about this earlier in the week. That through this process of looking, looking, at, looking at things as a start instead of a finish, what's in your hands today? What's in your kids' hands today? What opportunities are there? And so there's some things in life, you know, I told Brandon this. I said, I said, you know, there are some things in life it's okay to be a quitter in. He just looked at me. He said, are you preaching this? I said, I might. He said, there's some things in life it's okay to be a quitter in. It's okay to quit, being, quit thinking small. It's okay to quit thinking you're not good enough. It's okay to quit thinking that what I have in my hands today, come on, just isn't enough, and it doesn't compare to the guy down the street or the guy in the other building or or the person across the room or or hair or makeup or cars or trucks or all the stuff that doesn't matter. What's in our hands today, come on, is what God has placed in our hands today, and he offers it to us as a start, something fresh. Something to do something with. So when you walk out of these doors today, I'm telling you, I don't care where you are in life. I don't care if you were at the bar last night and you're trying to recover. I don't care if you were at a celebration Christian service last night. I'm telling you that what's in your hands today, this moment, this time, Thanksgiving week, when you walk out of those doors today, what's in your hands means something to God. You have talents. You have expressions. You have abilities. Come on, somebody. And it may look like five loaves and two fish, but when God gets involved, come on, he can accelerate things. And take it to a place that only he can take it. So it doesn't matter. The point is this morning, come on, that what's in our hands is a start, not the finish line. Come on, give somebody a high five and say, I like that. And if you're interested in having your toilet clean, my phone number is 65... Just kidding. Number three, I love this. Number three, God reminds us in this that when we give thanks to God, he gives us the ability to have patience with others. He gives us the, the opportunity and helps us walk through this. Now that sounds like a, just a cliché preaching thought. It's really not. When I, I when I invite God into my life and I invite God into my moment, do you realize that every one of you sitting in here are leaders? And and, and as leaders, we have to observe what Jesus did right here. He gave the, he he set the example on having patience with other people. And so he's standing here as the leader, the only one, the uh, the only one who knew how to do this. The 12 didn't, the 5,000 didn't. The 5,000 are hungry. Come on, the 12 are learning. We've already talked about that. One guy, one leader, one man stands up to this, these disciples and says, give me the fish, give me the bread. And then I love this about Jesus. When, he, when you invite God into your world, he gives you the ability to walk patiently with people through life. And believe me, some of you need a lot of Patience. Or shall I say require? I'm really the one that probably requires more patience because I drive my wife crazy, right? Well, I'm just kidding. But we need patience. Everybody say patience. So he gives us the ability to walk through this deal. What I love about Jesus in this moment is that he didn't, he didn't look at the disciples and say, hey, you guys, you just, you just ain't got it all together, boys. He wasn't Jason Garrett to clap him. Are you with me? He had a moment and a point. He was headed somewhere. I love what he did. He took the fish. He took the five loaves and he took the two fish. He looks at it and he does what? Gives thanks. And then what do he do? He hands it back to the disciples. He hands it immediately to the disciples. And the Bible says that those 12 men distributed the food, fed over 5,000 people that day. And so as a leader, come on, he, took, he, he embraced that moment. You know, one of the seven habits says to, to seek first to understand and then to be understood. Seek first to understand and then to be understood. Jesus understood that if I, if I distribute this food to the people, they're just going to say, I did it. But if I get the disciples who are unsure, they really don't know how it's going to work out, but if I pull them into the mix and I, and I get the food back into their hands and they distribute it, they walk into the situation not knowing how to feed 5,000 people. But if I pull them into this situation, come on, after the 5,000 are fed, come on, the 12 now know how to feed 5,000 people. Am I stirring anybody this morning in this? That's real good preaching. So you had 12 who didn't understand how to do it. You had one who understand the leader, the one who knew. You had the 5,000 who were hungry. Jesus embraces, we're going to take care of the need of the 5,000. And he blessed it, invites God to get involved, puts it back in the disciples' hands. The disciples take it from that point, distribute it. Over 5,000 people get fed that day. And those men went from people that didn't know how to cook and how to take care of things. Now they can run a restaurant of 5,000 people. Come on. That's what Jesus does. He takes our limited abilities. He takes the things that that are in us that we think are too small. And he says, they're not small to me. In the boys' hands, it's five loaves and two fish. But in God's hands, come on, it's enough food, food, enough dollar burgers for everyone, right? Come on, you've been in the days where you liked them dollar burgers from McDonald's. Don't, don't look at me like that. I remember when Caleb was little, he'd always say, Dad, you think we can get a dollar burger today? And now he's in college, so he's probably eating dollar burgers still, right? But think about it. Jesus has the ability just to take take and get people involved, and, and, and he sees value. He saw value in those men Get them involved. He didn't do it himself. He, he embraced that moment, gets them involved. And now they're, 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 they see the miracle and experience for themselves while everybody else is crying out, Jesus is the one. He truly is a prophet. And so that miracle power begins to take place. And so we're not celebrating, you know, from a, from a personal standpoint. I'm not. I'm not selling, celebrating Thanksgiving just so I can eat turkey and watch a football game. I'm celebrating the fact that God has been invited into my world. Come on, and He can be invited into your world. And because of that, He's taken my limited abilities, come on, somebody, and took in a professional toilet cleaner to somebody who gets to proclaim His good news every once in a while. That's what He does. And so, he, 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 so we embrace that fact that Jesus, he had patience with his disciples. He teaches us patience. Sometimes we're just not patient enough. We start stuff. We want instant results. Come on, sometimes de- delayed gratification is a powerful thing. And so we start stuff good sometimes, but sometimes we don't finish like we want to finish. I, I want to help you in that this morning. When you're helping other people, and if you're, you, you know, and if you're here today, you are a leader. You're leading your family. You're leading those around you. You're working with people. You're the salt you're the salt and light, right? You are a leader. So don't, don't run from that embrace. Well, I'm just not a leader. No. If you, if you're, if you're, if there's breath in your lungs, you are a leader. And because of that, Jesus begins to, Jesus has a place. He's taken the five fish, come on, the five loaves of two fish. And now because of that, you're distributing. And so you're distributing to your kids. You're distributing to your work environment. You're distributing to your city. Come on. You're distributed into everywhere you go. You're a distributor, come on, of the goodness of God. The Bible says he's the high priest of good things to come. So everywhere you go, come on, you're a distributor of that grace, that peace, and that goodness. And so we're reminded that when we invite God into our world, and we invite him in that personal personal way, in that, in, with an invitation, um, you know, we're opening up so many doors. When we were at Lionsboro a couple of weeks ago, a guy made a statement, and I kind of liked it. But he said, leadership is not cannibalism where it's all about you and your cause, and you just wear everybody out for your cause. I used to be that guy. He said leadership is about taking people and bringing them together and not standing out in front of them and saying, I'm your leader, but getting behind them and saying, hey, and pushing them and saying, you can do this. If you're raising kids, you're a leader. If you have a job, you're a leader. And it's about getting behind someone else's cause. I love that thought that leadership's not cannibalism. It's not just eating away the, the momentum of other people. When people get around you, they should be inspired. There should be something that comes alive in them that says, hey, I can do that. Hey, I want to do that. And it pulls that value out of them. Am I talking to anybody this morning? And so we're, we're done thinking small because God doesn't think small. We've been reminded, come on, somebody, of the influence we have with other people. And because of that, come on, we have that same power in our lives that can take five loaves and two fishes and we can impact our whole environment everywhere we go, distributing the goodness of God. Isn't that what the Life Church is all about? Connecting people with God's purpose. Powerful. Another thought here is to remind us that, that God's ability to multiply what He's a part of. And this is, some, this is something that sounds generic. I, I understand some of these thoughts, but this is something that's became, become really strong in my heart over the last couple of years is that God is a multiplier. He's not, he's not a God of addition. He's not a God of, of, of adding. He's not a God of subtracting. The Bible says that, that he's a God of, of multiplication. And one of the, things, the first things he says to men was what? In the book of Genesis. I'm just kidding. I really don't know what it says. I need help. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> be fruitful and multiply, be fruitful and multiply, and so that's, that was one of the commands, be fruitful and multiply, well, how many of you know, sometimes addition and subtraction is not a whole lot of fun, there are moments where, where it's required, but it's not a whole lot of fun, you know, if I have one dollar, it becomes two, that's not a whole lot, of, not really exciting, or if I have five people, but I need 20 people, and I had one person, you know, and I'm still still missing some of the need over here, God operates through divine multiplication. If he didn't, 5,000 people wouldn't have followed him. If he didn't, Jesus wouldn't have stepped out to say, let's feed the 5,000. it would have just been 5,000 followers, and Jesus would have sold tickets at the door to get in. That ain't what he did, right? So the example set up for us that, that, that uh, uh, everything that God does, he multiplies. And, 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 and here's where it connects is there's some of you going through things in life, and you're facing things in life that are bigger than you are, and that's Okay. You're looking at certain situations in your life and you're saying, I don't quite understand how I'm going to get out of this. I don't understand why doesn't all this make sense to me. And what I've discovered is God never said it had to make sense to you. That's why he went through this journey. It doesn't have to make sense to you. That's why we walk by faith, right? That is faith. So when we don't understand, but we take the steps of faith. And so there's things that you're facing and, and experiencing that are, that are bigger than you. Just like the disciples standing over here looking at Jesus saying, I'm glad you're here because I don't know how to do this. And Jesus is standing here saying, I got a plan, but I don't want to leave these guys out. And the 5,000 over here saying, we sure are hungry. Is there a McDonald's nearby? And Jesus is over here saying, we're going to take care of their need, but I need these 12 involved. Even though they don't understand. And so he looks at the 12. He, had, he knew this was going to happen, but what he needed for was this to happen. And so he takes the 12 that don't understand. He sets the example, just like he's setting it for you and I today. And he says, thank you, Lord. I give thanks to you. As my heavenly father, I give thanks to you. And even though we don't have enough, and even though we can't naturally feed these people, I invite you, Father, into this moment. I invite you into this situation. Then he takes the bread and he hands it back to the 12 and says, distribute it. Isn't that what he's doing here today? Maybe you're here today, every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe, maybe you're facing some things and you say, I'm one of those that don't understand. I don't understand why it looks like it looks. I don't understand why I'm facing what I'm facing. Maybe you don't understand because you're having in a moment of brokenness. Maybe you don't understand because your vision just got so big, you don't know how to do it. Wherever you're at in life today, It's okay that you don't have understanding that's the human response but I got good news for you there's one who does understand and he's got something showing he's he he wants you involved and so maybe you've sat back and said I can't do it on my own I can't face it on my own therefore I'm gonna do nothing and call that faith Jesus is saying I need you in the game I need you here I need you moving I need you as a distributor I need you to impact what's in your hands not too small Maybe you're here, every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe you're one of those today and you say, Pastor, I'm struggling and I don't understand. I want you to lift your hand this morning. If you're facing that. I see hands all over the place. Hands all over the place. What I'm going to do this morning, I'm going to lead you in a prayer together and show you how to beat this thing. But listen to me. When God moves, and get ready for this, before I pray, when God moves, he doesn't move in addition or subtraction. He moves in multiplication. I want you to get this in your heart. He doesn't move in addition or subtraction. In other words, He's going to blow your mind. When God moves, He's going to blow your mind. Are you with me here this morning? I'm talking miracle power now. It's going to blow your mind because He does exceedingly and abundantly above anything you can ask or think. So get ready for it. As we pray today and God begins to reveal, don't, don't ask Him to understand. Come on, just... Get a hold of the vision that he has for you And walk it out by faith No matter where that brokenness That brokenness Some of you need that brokenness healed That that moment of multiplication happening in your life Let's pray Say this with me Father God In the name of Jesus Today I embrace this moment And even though I don't understand Father Some of the things that I'm facing Some of the things that I'm going through what I do understand is that you are faithful I invite you into my situation I invite you, invite you into my home, my family everything that I do and I call in your miracle power I can't do it on my own but in you we can get this done and I embrace that today Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for giving Jesus, sending Jesus to me as my Lord and Savior. Heal the brokenness. And I declare it, nothing missing, nothing broken over your life. Father, we thank you for this moment today, this moment of of just transparency of, of, of how good you are. I come into agreement with those that are facing these challenges. Let healing flow over their lives. I speak healing into their lives. Healing's into their homes. Healing's into their heart today. God has the ability to redeem time. Something that we can't do. the, The Bible says he can redeem time. It's not too late. Today's your starting point, not your finish line.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in for today's program at The Life Church. Our prayer is that you've been blessed by this morning's message and that God would continue to speak into your heart throughout the week. We are so excited about what God is doing right here at The Life Church as we connect people with God's purpose. Again, if you don't already have a church home, we invite you to join us for a visit at thirty-three hundred one. TLC Way, we have two Sunday morning services for you to choose from 9:15 and 11 a.m. Again, our prayers that you've been blessed and we hope you have a great week.